is a song by The Clash called Spanish Bombs. If this was a real show, and if I had tens of thousands of dollars, that would be the intro music. And it would go right into my Spanish flu thing, and you guys would be like, oh, this show is badass. Unfortunately, we're not there yet. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome aboard. It is an all-new episode of The Loftus Party. Guess who's back in town? Back from a, a little field trip to CPAC, the Gimlet, the Gimlet. And we were talking a little bit uh, before we started recording, and she is what we call feeling her oats today. She's feeling her oats. So buckle up. There might be some F-bombs. Uh, it might get a little not. loud. You're trying very hard. It's it's great. Trying very hard. Okay. So, uh, once again, because well, here's what we what we do. We talk a little bit before we start recording. You know, hey, we'll talk about this, and that'll go into this. Blah 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 blah. So, I was saying that we had to start with CPAC, but I we'll, we'll reverse engineer it. We we got to talk about the the whole uh, coronavirus thing, and you'll be happy that you tuned in. You'll be happy that you downloaded this episode. Because I think uh, you and I, uh, Gimlet, are on the same page here that it is it is a lot of panic right now. Yes, of course, there's there's still some element of danger. Good Lord, whenever people are being killed by a virus, there's an element of danger. However, you and I think it's it's a little bit overblown. I was down at the Fox News World Headquarters in New York City, and I was talking to that Dr. Joel Siegel, that Dr. Mm-hmm. Joel Siegel guy. He's not really uh he's not really concerned about the uh the uh oh my gosh the coronavirus. He's like wash your hands, wash your hands and the warm weather. He's like the warm weather will just eradicate it. But go you know, ahead, well, you've got numbers. You know, well, who isn't worried? People at Georgetown University, people at Johns Hopkins University, are they being appropriately cautious? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not freaking out. So they're bringing on every rando who hates Trump onto MSNBC talking, this is Donald Trump's Katrina. No, it's not. No, it's not. They make it sound like he's personally responsible for making the tests. I just keep hearing about that. We need these tests. We need more test kits. The test kits. Donald Trump in the test kits and the blah, 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 blah. I don't blame. I'm not blaming Trump. It seems like he took the... The correct action, you know, hey, let's um, stop going to this country, let's stop going to that country, let's figure it out, blah, 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 And he blah, was blah, a blah. racist for doing it. Yes. How dare like, he? How, how dare, dare he? he? And now they're yelling you didn't do enough. Well, wait a minute. One of the most effective things he could possibly do, which was shut the door, right? Yes. Um, yes. They're calling him a racist over. I'm, I just... I. I don't know how you can be on the left or be an MSNBC watcher and not suffer from severe whiplash. I, I like, okay, here's the narrative today. I got it. Whoops, hundred eighty. Just it's it's wherever you're dug in. It's wherever you're dug in. You know, if you're watching uh, CNN and MSNBC, it's the worst thing. It's it's death is marching down the hallway, and Trump has let it out. And and they're just walking around the globe, killing people randomly. Uh, and Donald Trump sings joyfully along as they just tap people on the shoulder and they drop into little piles. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say <laughs> that. One of the dumbest things I heard. There okay? we go. There we go. There's a sentence I like to hear. What? What is one of the dumbest things? It came out of the mouth of maybe the dumbest man in media. Oh, it it kind of makes Todd. sense, right? No, he's the second dumbest. Brian Stelter is the dumbest. Oh, yeah, potato head. The toe. Peter. The big toe. He said, I don't even know if I can play these words. They're so shocking and so irresponsible. <laughs> Donald Trump said he had a hunch after talking to lots of people, meaning the experts that he has impaneled to deal with this crisis, that the death rate is going to go down. You know who else says that? Who else? The CDC. The World, the World Health Organization, the CDC, Johns Hopkins University, the New England Journal of Medicine, and Georgetown University. 
Yeah. But Donald Trump was shocking and irresponsible. What? Here's, yeah, here's the advantage that we have. We know about viruses. We know, and it's, it's very funny in, in my family, it's, it's my brother. It's my brother, Bill, uh, who never, apparently never got sick. It was the craziest thing who never got sick. He always said it was just a state of mind. I I tried to, uh, adopt that lifestyle. However, a few years ago, I was reading an article, literally, this has got to be like eight years ago. They're like, the number one thing that you can do beyond washing your hands is like, don't touch your your face, anything above your shoulders. Like, don't rub your eyes, don't rub your nose, because uh, the virus needs that warm, you know, it's got to get in your mouth, your nose, your eyes, yada, yada, yada. We know about that stuff now. The The horrifying, when you compare this to a real... Epidemic. I was looking up the numbers of uh, the Spanish flu back in 1918, and that's why I wanted to do that Clash song, Spanish bombs in and I don't want to pay for it. Uh, you can't sing that stuff. The Spanish flu. Holy crap. What a nightmare. What a nightmare that was. They're saying uh, 17 to 50 million people died from that thing, huh? and and they think and it, it might be really weird. Oh, it just, I, I was watching videos on it, and it was just super creepy. They're just still, super creepy. They're still trying to figure out why it, it killed so many people between the ages of 20 and 40. Literally, like, caused their lungs to bleed out. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess it was horrifying. Yeah. Uh, blood from your eyes and your mm-hmm. nose and your mouth and your ears, and then you, it would cut off the oxygen, and oh. Oh, that's but we was, lost. We lost more more men, I guess, in mm-hmm. in 1918 than all the four years of World War One combined. Yep, it, I, and Woo. I mean, it was one of those things. And like normally, if you look at most viruses, right, pandemic, they affect the very young, the very old, and people who might have something that makes them less able to fight off infection. So, a, a cancer patient on chemotherapy, let's say. Yeah, right? yeah. This one was just devastating to the productive population. Absolutely, and, and the they treatment. still they still don't know why. That's the other thing. It's like the the bubonic mm-hmm. plague is still roaming around. That one that one was a bad one, but evidently, if you had the uh, if you had the Spanish flu, uh, they were gonna do some bloodletting on you. Okay, so let's let's let some of that blood out on yourself, <laughs> right? Uh, then we're going to give you some whiskey, uh, so you can enjoy that. And then, uh, then an enema or two, and then we're going to see how it goes. That was medicine back in, in 1918. If, if you have severe Corona, they're going to put you on a ventilator mm. until you're it's, better. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not good, but, but literally, and it, it was crazy. They were showing all these signs that they had up, you know, cover your mouth when you sneeze, cover your mouth when you cough. Uh, but nothing about washing your hands. And it's like, wow, it was 1918. They had had no idea about viruses. Okay, so I want to quickly segue from the coronavirus, because you guys are smart and you're you're not flipping out. Here's my joke around the studio. And I'm going, the thing that has me scared about the coronavirus is that it hits attractive people really hard. So I don't know if I'm coming into work. Oh, dear. That's Can I just give funny. my three really good facts about it? Yes, three really good facts about corona presented okay. by the Liberty Gimlet. Three things the mainstream media is not telling you, so I took to my Google machine. Number one, kids aren't getting sick. Kids are testing positive and having a runny nose. Yes. And there have been no deaths of children or infants reported globally. That's Yay. excellent. Because um, they're usually a big... At big risk. Number yeah. two, in South Korea, where they actually have drive-through testing now, so every paranoia, paranoia-stricken person can run through and get their nair swabbed. They had tested last statistics were 140,000 people. Of 140,000, 6,000 actually had the virus, and only a fraction of those were actually showing symptoms. So, wow. um, that's relatively now in a country that's done the broadest kind of most random testing, right? A 4% yes. infection rate. 
That's it's not good. terrible. You compare to the swine flu, H1N1, in 2009 under Barack Obama, that infected 17% of the country, killed children, killed people in productive age ranges, and killed a you know, elderly adults. So, but you don't remember that because it was never in the news. Third, I barely remember the swine flu. Number three, coming in, coming in at number three. Argonne National Laboratories, in a cooperative effort with multiple universities and government agencies, has already developed or already identified a protein in the coronavirus that is 90% similar to another virus, and they have a treatment for that virus that would need to be slightly modified to address the differences in the protein. So we might get a vaccination or a valid treatment quicker than people think. I love it. I read a thing where I think someone in Israel thought they were close. Mm -hmm. uh, science. Science so coming in. smart people in capitalist countries. That would be that would be the first time I got uh, the flu shot. So those are good numbers. It I like it better. I like this a lot better than the than, than the Spanish flu. You uh -huh. were just somewhere. You were just at. I promised the listeners a a review of CPAC. I want to get into a little bit of the CPAC. It hasn't yeah. been exciting, but someone there had it. Do you think you were hanging out with this person? Do we know uh, who this person not. is? We don't know who the person is. I don't care who the person is. I really wouldn't want them to be persecuted. <laughs> you know, I mean, once you, like, unmask something like that, the person's just going to take all kinds of crap. I hope they're well. I hope they don't become severely ill. If they're young, they probably won't. Um, yes. So, basically, becoming severely ill, the median age for severe illness is in the early 60s. So, yeah. if you're under 50, you're probably okay. Okay, um, so, uh, so I, I got to get into a little bit of the CPAC here. Was it crazy? Yeah. Was it nutty? Was it was it a good vibe? Um, it was like, okay, I've been going to CPAC since 2014. Ooh, okay. Right? So I have kind of a longer-term view of the conference. Um, there were so fewer sticks in people's butts. It was amazing. That's awesome. For people in jeans, casual jackets, sweaters, you know, no more high heels, Fox News dress, you know, suit and tie. I mean, that was the rarity. Um, I, It's almost visual to me, the thing that most people ignore, and that is that the coalition behind the Republican Party and the coalition behind the Democratic Party is actually changing. And so when you look at CPAC and the supporters of the president and his administration, it's not the Chamber of Commerce anymore. It's not, it, it, it's not the think tank crew. It's not. It's not the Bradyacs with the glasses with the tape on them. But I just don't know why there would anyone would even want to have any kind of sexual activity. Yeah, no, it's it's not like that at all. It is it is now the counterculture. It's been saying it for years. You and I went in uh, in twenty sixteen, and it was a snooze fest. Yeah, that was, was the morning year. I think fest. that was the year of mourning. When yes, when the worm had turned, uh, Trump the worm had, had turned, and the movement was split. And this whole different coalition was just starting to, like, shake itself out. So, yeah, that yeah. was a super weird year. I remember super feeling very lonely there. I remember Seven, feeling... Yeah, 17 was better. Um, but this year, I, I couldn't go last year. Um, but this year, freaking fantastic. Who Shout was great? Who was a standout? Who was a standout? Who made the biggest impression on me that I hadn't really considered before? Like as sure, far as sure. presenters, or who was the or... most enter? Who was the most entertaining? What was the most fun? I want stuff like this. I want the. Okay. I want, um, I want the as fun. far as speakers go, y'all really need to understand that. As far as twenty twenty four goes, I am all in for Pompeo twenty twenty four. Really. Um, you know he. He's kind of like if you could take your generic Republican that has yeah. decent manners, right? <laughs> and you could take Trump, okay? 
who actually gets shit done <laughs> and relates no. really and relates really well to people, and you put them in a bottle and shook them up, you get Mike Pompeo. I like it. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take we're gonna take our first little break. We're gonna oh, come back, yeah. and I want to I want to talk more about Pompeo. I want to mo- talk more about uh, what's going what happened at CPAC. Other uh, stories that are suitable for the air, and then we got to talk about the whole Chris Matthews thing, Hillary Clinton on Hulu, uh, Woody Allen's biography in the cancel culture, this new dude down in Missouri who got dragged through the mud, maybe even some Chuck Schumer. That what I'm saying, you guys. There's a ton of show. Stick around. There's nothing more predictable in life than the unexpected. Lightning will always strike. Hail will fall on roofs. Fortunately, there's AAA. AAA has been helping members stay prepared for over a 100 years. So when unusual storms, fallen debris, or sudden leaks happen, you'll be covered. Check, check, and check. Get the home and auto insurance you need by talking with a AAA insurance agent today. Visit AAA.com slash insurance or stop by your local AAA store. If you prefer real mornings, shouldn't you have a real breakfast? At McDonald's, we get real about breakfast. That's why you can have a savory sausage biscuit with delicious hash browns for only $1.50. It's time to wake up breakfast. Single item at regular price. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Thanks for being here. When when we left off, it was a it was a bit of a cliffhanger. We had a bit of a cliffhanger. We're talking Mike Pompeo. I didn't expect you to say that. I didn't. I thought you were going to go. Wow, I went to CPAC. Here's who's got me excited. I thought you were going to say like Donald Trump Jr. or uh, Elaine Paperweight or so, someone else. I'm very. I'm still taken aback at the Mike Pompeo of it all. Do you it think was, he'll run? Is that what you're saying? I don't know, but I would love him to. <laughs> Wow. Partially, partially, I love the way he he's taking care of the Secretary of State job. I like him. I think he is an excellent spokesperson for the president's agenda. Yeah. Um, even when you see him on somewhere stupid like T- Chuck Todd's show, right? Um, but seeing him, in, in, it, he opened with a great line. You would have loved it. The timing was perfect. He said, I was so honored to be, and we, he wasn't on the schedule, so it was a surprise that he spoke. Yeah. They, like, kept it under wraps, and we couldn't figure out why security was still there, but It whatever. was like the masked singer. But anyway, so he comes out, he goes, I was, I was super, you know, I was super, you know, humbled to be asked to speak to the largest gather of, gathering of conservative voters in the country, he said, except every Trump rally, and the place just went <laughs> Right? <laughs> And he did it much better than I just did it, but that's the way he opened. Yeah. And then he went through every single foreign policy accomplishment that the Trump administration has done in great language, in layman's terms that was relatable. He was alternately humorous as well as serious. I mean, the tempo to it and the tone was just perfect. That's fantastic. And the place went nuts. The place got on their feet like, Four or five times. I mean, it it was. I didn't realize he was that good. Well, this goes back. This harkens back to something that we've been saying uh, for a long, long time. One of the other. There's all these uh, wonderful side effects of Donald Trump being in the White House. There's all these wonderful side effects of Donald Trump even running for office and getting it. Even if he hadn't been, I'm very happy he's the president. However. One of the side effects is that people on the right, conservatives, libertarians, whatever, we've uh, we've learned 
and and shown people it's okay to fight back. It's okay to really stand up for your value. It's what Mitt Romney just never ever had. It's you know, and, and some like, people they wrap it up. Oh, it's the 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 day of civility is over. Listen, we we were getting our lunch handed to us for years, handed to us for years, and finally Trump starts smacking Subway sandwiches out of people's hands, and it's a good thing. So well, good for Pompeo. Like, I'm happy for him. You even see an evolution because I mean. Ted Cruz, from a policy perspective and, and a judicial perspective, right, spot on. I mean, you could not have a better defender of the Constitution. As a candidate, he sounded like a preacher from the pulpit. You yes. hear him now? Totally different. Has a I'm... sense of humor, breaks it down, lots of things in layman ter- layman's terms. He did a podcast, a live podcast from the stage with Michael Knowles, the, the Verdict podcast. Yeah, him, Ronna McDaniel and Michael Knowles, they did it live from the stage. And I mean, every time I listen to that podcast, I am even further impressed at his sense of humor, his timing and his delivery, which he never showed during the 2016 election. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that and you, you, you shine a spotlight on it. Ted Cruz is an infinitely better candidate now mm-hmm. than he was in 2016. For all the grief that Trump put him through for the Zodiac Killer and all that stuff, he he, I, I'm not I'm not even kidding. Ted Cruz, 2024, I could see that happening because before I, I mean, Pompeo you can, you Cruz, just, maybe I'm I don't really know. on this Pompeo thing. <laughs> but I'm saying, I'm sure they wanted they wouldn't have mind put they wouldn't have been sad about putting Hillary up against Cruz in 2016. Right. Because they just knew they just knew how to beat a guy like that. They just know know right. how to beat a guy like that. And it's like now it's like think... it's like Donald Trump has has started mixed martial arts in the Republican Party and everybody's found a whole new way to fight. And it's just yeah. it's just making us better. Um, okay. the other and one that was there the, the other one that was there was super fun was of course Nigel Farage. Oh yeah, that's a bummer. I wish I would have seen that. That was I mean, that's just, that is so much, I think, now after everything that we've gone through, understanding how just entrenched and in charge our unelected bureaucrats were. I mean, right now, the fight we're having over the deep state and the unelected bureaucrats and how they feel like they should be running things is kind of what the British were going through with the EU. We yeah. happen to have it in our federal government, right, which is a conglomeration of states. They had it in their super government that was over nations. But the idea is still the same. Well, it's like, like it's I want to elect like... people. I want to elect people to do stuff. I don't want these jobbers who've been in their job for 40 years thinking they know better than I do. I'm not even kidding. That is the big problem. You've got this huge federal government and everyone there. You're not going to vote for the guy who's going to possibly fire you or eliminate your position. So, of course, you're going to lean left. Of course, you're going to lean left. And then you start embracing this insane bureaucracy. You know, it's it's the it's the DMV on a gigantic scale. And I'm sure all the people at the DMV uh, love their job, will love the paycheck. They probably don't love the job, but that's what the, the the federal government is. And poor England, man. Finally, they got that thing through, but it had to get really bad before they uh, they could turn the corner. Well, it's, and I uh, think I think what really turned the corner was having had the vote. And even if you voted against it and were a rational human being, well, I lost, and they're still not doing it. Like that's not how we work. Yes, like, there I are been pe- so there angry. are still rational people on who voted for Democrats last session who still look around at all this. Guys, we lost. This is not how we're supposed to behave. You know, yeah. the peaceful transfer of power is kind of important <laughs> <laughs> in a Western society. But let, um, let me anyway, ask you this. Let me see who else just made me go. Were you there for Trump? Were you there for Trump's thing? I was, and he was good, but I mean, I I've seen him before. Are, at, okay. At did same... he do the? Was it was it at CPAC that he did the Bloomberg bit that he did? Yeah. The, the, yeah. Oh 
my goodness. You can't hear it on video. That was hilarious. Well, being a stand-up and having, you know, recorded my own shows, I can tell. I can tell. I don't know if the layman can tell, but certainly I could. When he started getting smaller and smaller, get me out of here, get me out. That had to have just been explosive laughter. Just uh-huh. just wall busting, doors blowing out. <laughs> it looked so funny that I tell you that that but guy is hilarious. It is the perfect expression. Okay, that speech is the perfect expression of the different Trumps. Okay. Trump at the State of the Union is no less Donald Trump who loves America than Donald Trump at CPAC for a rally where he is playing to a crowd. That is nothing but sheer performance. Oh, yeah. It's it's home cooking. It's it's total home cooking. Then Twitter Donald Trump. He always has an objective in mind, right? So the objective at State of the Union is to use very precise language to talk through all of the accomplishments that he has had in his first three years in office, right? Yes. And talk about what his vision for the next year is. Perfect. And he he did a beautiful job. Same in Poland. Same in, you know, these big addresses where he go, but he's not, he's smart enough to know because of the way the media treats him when he's at a rally or he's at CPAC, he has to generate energy for him and his team. He has to generate energy and enthusiasm, and he does that by being a reality TV star. It is his natural, it's just who he is. That's why, it's it's too funny. Oh, it's the other thing. funny, it's, and the timing is just crazy. But it's the other thing that people don't get because they're not in the entertainment business. And I gotta blow my own horn now. But when you're in, when you go to these casting sessions, you can just tell. You don't get, Donald Trump didn't go into The Apprentice and then they go, oh, we'll teach you how to be uh, a reality star. They looked at a bunch of people. They looked at a, it's a it's a big deal when you do a network show. They looked at a bunch of people and they're like, "Wow, this guy is a natural." You turn the cameras on and it's going to be entertaining. So, boom. It's not like uh, everyone always has it I, I feel backwards. It's like his personality was worthy of a reality show. And then he's no dummy. And he took that, and he, he's been talking about getting into politics since the 80s. I don't want to turn this uh, entire segment into a, a blow smoke up, up Trump's butt uh, uh, party. But, like, the, the dude is good, and he's just naturally gifted. He can read the room. Some comics can't read Absolutely. the room. Trump knows exactly where he is. <laughs> but then so you, have, you have public address Trump. That yeah. I think has an appropriate amount of sobriety and seriousness yeah. when required, right? You can read the room. You have rally CPAC Trump, which is hysterical and funny. And Netflix, you are so stupid. You are so stupid. You gave Barack Obama like $100 million to create a bunch of stupid documentaries that nobody's going to watch. You should have saved your $100 million for this dude because <laughs> he's funny. They don't, they don't care. They don't I care. And I, I will remind our, our our listeners now that when I went out there with my show that was insanely funny and it got a super warm reception. This mm-hmm. is funny. This would be hilarious. This would be great. We can't put it on the air because we can't afford to look friendly to the right. That's the problem. That's oh, the problem right there. And then, you know, the final leg of that stool is Twitter Trump. And all that does is drive the news cycle. That's all he's doing. It's it's wonderful, and it's something that, that I wrestle with uh, with this show and with theloftestparty.com mm-hmm. and with the, the Facebook and, and the YouTube channel. It's like I don't want to acknowledge the narrative. I want to – I mean sometimes you, you have to, but for the most part, uh, just do your own thing. Just do your own thing. Go your own way. And uh, it's it's challenging. Holy smoke. 
Holy smoke. I don't even think I had a chance to tell you this yet. What? So, so last week I did a video. Uh, what was it? It was about Mike Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg, and he spent all this money, and it was very, very funny. Well, I'm sure you saw it, and you laughed immensely, and you shared it with all your friends. So with, uh, with the analytics, what I like to do, I put it out on YouTube, and then I just kind of watch, you know, and you can kind of see. Within the first 15 minutes, it's eerie how you can see, you know, where it's going to end up. It's like measuring a toddler's kneecap. You measure a toddler's kneecap, you know how tall they're going to be. So uh, the, the Bloomberg one was pretty darn funny, was pretty darn funny, and it's going well. It had like 100 views within the first 20 minutes. And so as I'm watching, it goes from 100 bleep bloop down to 80. Then it gets up to 96 bleep bloop down to 84. And I'm like, this is crazy. And it took me the longest time to go, crap, I need to record this. So I got my phone uh, and it's a, it's a little piece of video. Uh, and I'll, I'll send it to you just so you can see that I'm not crazy. And people can't, you know, when you talk about it, it's one thing. But when you actually see it, it's uh, it's terrifying. It go, it's uh, it gets back up to like 94 views and it goes bloop, bloop down to like 90. And they did that for a couple of hours. Just uh, just <laughs> taking away views. It was horrible. Nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. Nothing. In reality, you don't know how many views it got. That's true. That's true. But that's what ke- that's what keeps something uh, from trending. So I'm staying the course. I'm going to keep doing videos. I'm going to keep doing them, uh, and we'll see what happens. But it was just uh, shocking, and it, and, it, and it bummed me out. To to be, it made me angry, and then it it, it bummed me out that like, wow, this is this is really a thing. Yay, hooray! Uh, someone's going out of their way to. Uh, take views away from us someone uh, someone out there doesn't want us to be more popular than we are but i'm going to keep uh, going merrily on oh my gosh the uh the facebook page we're going to hit 20,000 people uh any second any second i couldn't be more thrilled yeah yeah okay so the other thing that i want to talk about we have a few minutes here the uh we got to talk about the 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 joe biden of it all the bernie sanders of it all and how the Democrats, it's weird, I feel, I, I legitimately feel bad for my friends that are Democrats, that, that are just being, well, they're being herded like sheep. Like, I, 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 certainly, I, I certainly don't want uh, Bernie Sanders to, to be the president. I don't want this country to be a socialist country. However... It's I, I also don't want to live in a false reality. I don't want to live, hey, if socialism is this popular, let's see it and let's confront it and let's educate people and let's make a good a, a good case against it. But the way they did this thing with, okay, uh, Buttigieg, stay in, stay in. You'll drop out on uh, the Sunday or the Saturday night uh, before Super Tuesday. And that'll give oh, Joe see, Biden. I think all those calls went around on Saturday. I don't think it was thought out that far in advance. Oh, I, yeah, I think you had you had a panicked weekend where mm-hmm. the 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 big wigs behind the DNC got together and they go, "Listen, I'll call Buttigieg and I'll make sure uh, that he drops out, and then I'll, then then somebody get on the phone with Amy Klobuchar, have her do her, you know, she'll do hers a day later." Then Biden will get all those votes. Then he'll be so far out in front that Bernie can't really uh, pitch a fit. In fact, somebody call Elizabeth Warren and have her in. and have her stay in mm-hmm. to peel those votes away from Bernie. So mm-hmm. then, and then we'll launch the narrative. We'll launch this narrative that wow, Joe Biden really turned it around. Look at this; he's the comeback kid. Boy, America just spontaneously, America just spontaneously responded to his message of hope and goodwill. That's what. Despite the fact in the states he did the best in, he never campaigned. He had one office in Virginia. That is what I find disturbing about the whole thing. And I know friends of mine who are Democrats who are smart. I got a buddy who's who's really smart and he's he's totally he's a Bernie bro. 
not, not meaning he's like doing violence or anything, but he's a big, big Bernie Sanders supporter and he has his reasons and we have our discussions and we have our disagreements. And it's good that you can be friends. That's how the world yeah. should work. Yeah, but he's he knows that it's like you see this huge manipulation and that's what I don't like. And that was uh, that was actually the subject of my latest video. Uh, Biden versus Bernie on the YouTube channel. It's also up at theloftestparty.com. I'm sure you've seen it, Gimlet. I'm sure you've loved it and you've shared it with all your friends. We're going to take a little break and then we got to dig into Bernie, Biden. I got to talk about the whole Chris Matthews thing. My, my, my boy Chris Matthews getting the boot at MSNBC uh, or as Donald Trump likes to call us, call them uh, MSDNC, which is hilarious. We will be back. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! made it we're into the 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 home stretch here of the show so much still to talk about the whole daylight savings time fiasco that's still heavy on my brain this is the time of the year where i start to get happy this is the the time of the year usually my depression starts to to lift it's really it's, i woke up at my regular time and it was dark uh, it was we'll starting get in, to get light get into that later i'm still not uh done with the uh the bernie biden of it all we promised our listeners uh stace we promised them they gotta they gotta get into it. listen you won't see here's one thing you're, you're not gonna see me do on on the the youtube channel on the facebook page at the loftestpotty.com here's one thing you're not gonna see me do uh, take these bizarre, these, these I don't, they're not bizarre shots, but these these shots at Joe Biden uh, for his his misspeaking and his misquotes and his inability to remember, uh, getting people confused, not knowing where he is, and there's a very good reason for that. Uh, I don't, I honestly don't think the guy's well. Now I know this goes back to back in 2016. That you know, there's a lot of uh, you know talk about. Oh, Trump is mentally, he's unhinged, he's this and that. And I would go on, uh, you know, I thought there was a, a thing. There was a, you know, oh, that's when they would have like the, the psychologists on and the psychiatrists. They're not supposed to, they're not supposed to chime in on that kind of stuff. However, they, they took a break from that little oath and they chimed in. But you just, just from a layman's perspective, Joe's not doing great. I think running for president takes a lot of energy. Uh, you're on. It's a lot of travel. You're giving a lot of speeches, and then when you're when you're someone from Joe Biden's uh, political persuasion, there's a lot to remember. There's a lot to. Oh no, I told these guys I'd say this. Oh, I told those guys I'd say that. I just think it's it's mentally stressful. It's physically taxing, and I just don't think he's got it in him. If I'm leaning, if I'm a Democrat and I'm looking at this presidential election. I don't know if Uncle Joe can make it to the finish line. I don't know if he can make it to the finish line, which makes it so interesting to me. Like, who is he going to tap to be vice president? 
It might be okay. Mike Buttigieg. It might be yeah. Michelle Obama. It might be Hillary Clinton. I don't know. Anything can happen. Who, my point is this. Whoever he taps to be vice president, that's the president. Oh, yeah, that's who, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we haven't seen the nominating convention yet. That's going to happen when he selects his, his VP. I can tell you who it's not going to be. Tell me. Tell me, tell me, Amy tell me. Amy Klobuchar, because despite her protestation, she is absolutely boring. Um, sorry, I don't believe that she's not. Um, yeah, it's she It's not going to be Pete Buttigieg, because he might as well be a cis white male. Sorry. Um, <laughs> there, is no, there is no intersectional cred, even in the presidential election, for being a gay white male. If he was a gay black male, maybe. Um... However, those two are definitely out. I think I think Pete will definitely have a job in the administration because it's his only political path forward. And it yeah. was his only reason for dropping out because he had his biggest fundraising haul coming in the next day, like the Monday before Super Tuesday, um, yeah. and, and bowed out. So Pete, there's Pete something really took there. it on the chin for that one. He really, he really, that was well, a... <laughs> because... Uh, he ran for Senate in Indiana and lost by 20 points. His political career is over in Indiana. He cannot win statewide office. So he's either going to have to move to a blue state and run for a statewide office, or he's going to have to go take a job as the head of an agency or whatever. It's okay. his only path. What about this one? What about this one? Uh, M- Michelle Obama. Nope. You don't think she would say yes? You don't I have heard no. I have you heard her public comments about the Bidens when she's been asked early in the primary? No, no. Rude as heck for starters. Really? Oh, Bad yeah. Fun? Not not a fangirl at all. Hmm. Mm. However, however, though, nope. it's the pathway. Here's what I'm saying. The, the wild card is you're only going to be vice president. Listen, you're only going to have to be, you're be vice president for a couple days, and then Joe's going to tap out for health here's, reasons, and then it's President my, Michelle Obama. Here's my here's my bigger opinion of this whole thing with Michelle Obama. Number one, I'm not convinced she wants a career in politics. She wasn't all that happy in the White House. She was not Hillary Clinton to Barack Obama. You know, she was not the equivalent of what Hillary was to Bill. Hillary got very involved in significant policy. She was clearly on the political side of that White House. I mean, do you remember Hillary Care? Michelle Obama did basic first lady stuff, nutrition, kind of like Melania's no bullying campaign and Barbara Bush's literacy campaign, etc. She's got a house in the vineyard and she's hanging out with Beyonce and Jay-Z. She's making probably 200K every time she goes and makes a public speech. She does not want to be in charge of the White House. I've never seen it. I know people talk about it. But when you hear commentators who actually know people who know her, she's not even interested. Okay. She's like here's another woman of the right. Here's a, here's another. Uh, listen, I wouldn't want to go in. I wouldn't want to go in if I'm her. You got your Netflix empire. Yeah, you got exactly. the big house. You got the rock star lifestyle. It's all good. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Think of the commercials. There's Joe Biden flubbing the last sentence he said. You know, the what the what the, right? There's her falling down the stairs, being dragged into a van. It would be like the geriatric presidency. It will be somebody from her camp, but it won't be her. Okay. All right. I I can't wait to see. I'm looking at Kamala Harris. Okay. She's probably top of my list right now. Susan Rice. Oof. A female governor. I think they tried the one from Michigan giving the so to response and it wasn't such a good audition. Um, there was also a woman that I heard a lot of buzz about. See, here's the thing. I'm not sure they're going to do a retread because a retread there's too much stuff out there. I mean, if you pick Kamala Harris, you already had Tulsi Gabbard take her down in public. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So the oppos, I think they might get smart and pick somebody that there's not really a lot of oppo on, um, like a female governor. Uh, Raimondo in Rhode Island's been talked about quite a bit. They were looking at, Bloomberg was looking at her. Um, and then there was, I, I can't remember her name right now, but one of the women on the impeachment team 
which is a legislator from Florida. There was a lot of popular buzz going on around her during the impeachment hearings. So, here's what you get. Here's what you get with Hillary Clinton. And I'm just playing devil's advocate here. That's all I'm doing. You know exactly what you're getting. You know exactly what you're getting. You've already been through the worst. They've they've thrown everything at you, the email, the Benghazi, everything. And you know how well you did in each state. And you're like, oh, if I would have done this here and picked up a few thousand votes, we would have won. If I would have done this here, it's a it's a known quantity, and you can do that thing. I'm still with her. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think it would be I just think the same policies that killed her in the Rust Belt are the same policies Joe's talking about. He's talking about ending coal, ending fracking. I mean, you're not going to win Pennsylvania with that. You're not going to win Michigan with that. And you're not going to win Ohio with that. I'm just a kid from Scranton. I'm just a kid from Scranton. No, he's not. All you got to do is flip through Peter Schweitzer's book. He's been corrupt for 40 years. But the other person that it's not going to be... I keep hearing this name, and I'm like, guys, just stop. I'm so sick of explaining this on Twitter. It's not going to be Stacey Abrams. Um, oh, yeah. She she has no executive experience. She has no foreign policy experience. And the entire Democrat coalition's looking at Joe like, he better have a strong number, too. She ain't it. Yeah, I don't I don't think she, uh, she solves a problem uh, either. Okay, so. Not a problem uh, Joe has, that's for sure. Yeah, Hillary, yeah. I don't know if you saw any clips from this. I, I was on uh, Fox and Friends Saturday morning uh, yeah. talking about the Hillary uh, documentary. 35 hours of interviews. 35 My hours God. of interviews. That, oh. Yeah. And oh. so Hillary, she let it rip on, uh, on Bernie Sanders. She let it rip. I mean, it was just so casual. It was just so it was like the most genuine thing I'd ever seen Hillary Clinton do. Like nobody liked him. him. He's a career politician. He's a nothing. He's never passed any. uh, And she. Oh, it was it was actually fun to watch. That most honest thing she's ever said. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Be honest, woman. You're actually interesting when you when you're honest. But of course, uh, the whole thing overall, it's just another. They're finally honing in on this. They're finally honing. It's taken. It's taken the Democrats and the and the liberal media a long time to to hone in on this. She doesn't seem likable. She doesn't. She comes across as uh, as shady and cranky <laughs> and duplicitous. She's about as likable as Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren didn't lose the primary because she was a woman either. I find Elizabeth Warren so much more likable uh, than Hillary Clinton. And yeah, you I know. know. It's probably probably the opposite is true. Like I think uh, I think I think Elizabeth Warren is capable of physical violence a lot sooner than Hillary Clinton is. Oh, like, wow. I, like, I think Elizabeth Lizzie Warren She'd would like stick throw in a gulag first. <laughs> yes, yes, she would. But and she'd have you, no problem doing it. Did you get to comment on the bill? No. From that? No, I didn't. I didn't. Where he he was How? talking about his anxiety. Oh my God! And that's why he had the. That's why he had to, you know, stop Monica Lewinsky. Like, guys, can you just stop talking about this woman? You ruined her life at nineteen. She finally seems like she's doing well and she's got it all together. And you drag her up in your freaking Hulu special. You people really have no no shame. And and oddly enough, that's the one. Cl- that's another clip that I did see was was Bill. He was talking about Monica Lewinsky, and he seemed to genuinely feel bad. That every time she seems to be getting her life back together, something else happens. He feels genuinely bad. I hope that I I, I hope that girl didn't stop talking uh, about her. I know it's 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 a catch twenty two though. It's it's if you if you say you're not going to talk about it, then they go, ooh, he refused to talk about it, and then they're they're going to talk that about reason. It. Yeah, I mean, I can see both sides of it. At least he got to say he was sorry. At least he uh, had some he kind had of an apology. Anxiety? Yeah, that's you take that's, a Xanax. That's well, you can't take a Xanax when you're the president of the United yes, States. You, you know what else? You think Here's... a Xanax is going to put you to sleep any faster than a BJ? 
oh, it's not about sleep. It's about anxiety. It's about, man, I'm going to be up the rest of the day. I got a worried mind. Ooh, okay. I feel a little bit better. I'm a little bit more calm and relaxed. And there was no drugs involved. Everything's groovy. Everything's groovy. I just, I'm just like, but like, I can't believe he said those words out loud. I guarantee he wants the anxiety line back. And because, you know, you know, know Hillary wasn't taking him with a lamp when he was done with that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and that she wasn't helping him with his anxiety either. It's not like exactly. Exactly. Well, we all know what was going on here. Pretty much nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the whole thing. That's why people don't like the establishment. That's why people don't because then they got to lie and then they got to pretend and they got to act. And it's just uh, going to do. Say what? What is your friend going to do if he's a Bernie fan and he's looking at what they just did? Is he just going to fall in line? I believe so. Yeah, I believe he's going to I believe he'll just vote. Uh, you know, the Democratic ticket, because then because because for him, at least, I believe it's more about this is the direction he wants the, the country to go in. This is the direction, you know, he wants socialized medicine. He wants that and he wants really, free college. You should show and, him what just happened with coronavirus when the government was in charge of making the tests. Aye, aye, aye. Rationing occurred and people were really upset. If you think there's not going to be rationing in nationalized health, I'd like to know what you're smoking. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't. I, I honestly, I don't so, see what these people were. Why? Why do they think our version of socialism will be different from Canada's? Let's just say Canada. Well, one that Canada supposedly works. Canada doesn't outlaw private insurance. No other country that has a nationalized system, with the exception of maybe China, like a communist regime, outlaws private insurance. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I I don't get it. That's and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, and that's why uh, we keep going on. Okay, we 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 got we got some more stuff to talk about here. Uh, Chris Matthews, my man, my man, Chris crazy. Matthews got the boot. I guess he just came on. I missed it, I, but I guess oh he my just came God, on, gave an apology, it. and then took off. And then Chris Chris Kornacki had to take over. He looked like like deer in the headlights. Yeah. So yeah. Here's, and then Kornacki didn't even get the spot. They gave it to Joy Reid. Really? Really? That's what I saw on Twitter. Joy so Reid gets a primetime show. <laughs> it's going to be hardball with Joy Reid, or is it going to be she's going to name it herself? I I. I don't I think it I think Chris took hardball with him and you know Chris Matthews kind of cracked me up. I mean I looked at him as the comedic relief. Every once in a while he said something rather intelligent and had I an intelligent analysis, right? And he wasn't yes. just like it I think he was one of the few people on that station that could actually see the other side sometimes. Like, he understood where the other side was coming from, whereas Rachel Maddow does not, or you'd never know it. Joy Reid does not. I mean, so many of them just don't. Um, They don't know what conservatives actually think, so they just make it up. Whereas Chris Matthews seemed to have a better idea, and I think that's because he was actually in electoral politics for part of his career. But Well, here's – I think there's a a couple things worth mentioning, and and – take it for what it is i think the left will miss chris matthews he will because he didn't uh sugarcoat it i remember uh back in 2016 uh i forget who he had on it was the the head of the dnc <clears throat> curly hair debbie girl. wasserman schultz debbie wasserman schultz and he goes all right so what's the difference between oh, a great. democrat and a socialist that was and great. she she just pooped uh, live on the air she had well, no answer yeah, and he just well, wouldn't it, let it go. What's the difference? What's the... And it was like, and I'm like, wow, he just did them the biggest favor ever because that's what's coming. And he was smart yeah. enough to know that's what's coming. You better be prepared for that. And I guess his big, like, listen, I, the whole Bernie Sanders thing, like, oh, Bernie Sanders swept through like the Nazis swept through Poland. Okay, maybe you're offended at that. But listen, uh, the Blitzkrieg was fast. The Blitzkrieg was fast and it was big. Was it the best metaphor? 
the wisest metaphor? Probably not. Not. But but was it was it an apt metaphor? Yes. Yes. Bernie swept well, through fast and big. I want to continue speaking. Oh, sorry. For a I guess the thing that he did, his uh, Chris Matthews, his big sin, was was telling women that they were beautiful. That's he would like go by the makeup room and go, "Wow, you look great. Hey, you keep putting on that makeup, I'm gonna fall in love with you." So he was dishing out like old school compliments, and that's what uh, undid him. That's what they're but saying. That only happened because he came out. So anti-Bernie. I mean, they'll burn down anybody. The true Bernie bros, not your friend, who's maybe a legitimate, you know, would like a bigger government footprint kind of person, not a brown shirt like the people you see on Veritas, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're Chris Matthews and, and you're on Twitter and you're having these interactions and you're seeing all this stuff floating by... um. The comparison of Bernie Sanders brown shirts that are literally talking about gulags and all of that kind of stuff is camp. It's, there's not just two guys in his campaign. There's a lot of them. All right. Yeah. And the Nazis. Not a bad comparison in my mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the the criticism he took for saying that was such crap. It made my head want to explode. And that was that he was using Nazi Nazi imagery against a Jewish person. A Jewish person who stands up against rabid anti-Semites at every campaign rally. Don't talk to me about Bernie Sanders' Jewishness. He may be of Jewish descent. He is not Jewish. In any meaningful way. It's, uh, he has some very interesting stances. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. However, this is the, this is the thing uh, when when you call Donald Trump a Nazi and you call conservatives brown shirts and Nazis, then it just becomes you know part of the vocabulary, and then right. these things happen. Obviously, uh, like you were saying, they they wanted to get it, the, the the time the time was up the time was up for for Chris Matthews, it, but it's just it's just too bad it's just too bad. And they're wrapping it up in the uh, "Wow, you're beautiful," and "Wow, you look great," and that's just—it's—it's it's a shame. It's well, a know, shame. You notice who else hasn't been on MSNBC is James Carville. Yeah, he hasn't he was, been back since his around, very vociferous Bernie criticisms. Well, he was—he was there on Monday, and then oh, leading up to for Tuesday. Yeah, they had him on, and he okay. was. Because they were doing the, the the full court press, the the full court ah. anti Bernie uh, press, as as they were uh, supposed to do. So it's interesting. We'll see how it shakes out. Um, you guys, th- this show goes so fast. It goes so fast. Here's uh, I just just I'll update you on a couple things and let you know what to what to listen for next week. Uh, yes, I'm gonna do. I had Rick and I were on. Uh, and I was on another program on uh, KLRN. I've, I'm we're, I'm going to do this uh, manscaping thing. That's going to – they've got that crazy razor. Right. Yeah, this crazy electric razor. I'm going to review that. I'm also going to review Jojo Rabbit. I'll be, I'll be honest with you guys in a, in a weird uh, moment of sincerity. I'm almost concerned – I almost don't want to watch it. In a weird way, I'm going to. I'll probably watch it tonight. I'm going to be doing stand-up at Governor's Comedy Club, as I do on Sunday nights. But then I think I'll come back here and watch uh, Jojo Rabbit. I just think it's going to be so good, I'm going to feel bad about myself as a writer. It's one of those things where when you see a really great uh, stand-up or a really great, you know, I, I just, I, I, I think it's going to be that good. And I don't want to feel, and I don't want to make myself feel bad because I am happy. We got the clocks uh, pushed forward. There's more daylight. More daylight makes everything better. Sunlight is the best uh, disinfectant. And then uh, next week, uh, I want to talk about the Woody Al- Woody Allen biography getting canceled. They canceled it. You're not allowed to tell your side of the story, evidently. The other thing that I want to talk about next week, and I, I'm, I'm making these uh, promises. Try to hold me to them. Uh, Gimlet, I want to talk about that dude in Missouri, 
that dude in Missouri who was just slandered out of public office. And you're like, what are you talking about, Mike? What are you talking about? Well, Gimlet knows the story, and she will hook us all up. And I'm digging in even deeper. (laughs) There you go, digging in deeper. I love it. All right. I love you guys. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you got uh, your little sign-in ID from theloftestparty.com. Facebook is blowing up. Things are getting spicy. Things are getting dicey. They're taking away views. They're taking away likes. But we ain't stopping because we love ya. See you next week, you sexy heathens.